This is Dan Eaton. I'm a reporter with Columbus Business First, and this is Crisis Management, our podcast about doing business amid the coronavirus pandemic. Watershed Distillery marks its 10th anniversary this month, but the spirits maker and restaurant operator feels like it's lived a lifetime's worth of business in just the past nine months alone. January and February were two of its best months ever. Then the pandemic hit. Its restaurant shut down and production shifted from bourbon and gin to hand sanitizer, at least for a little bit. But it hasn't all been bad. Retail sales of watershed bottles are better than anticipated given the circumstances. Owner Greg Lehman talks about how Watershed has adjusted its business this year. We also talk about the company's history, which began 10 years ago in just under 2,000 square feet near Grandview Heights. So the space they still operate in today, but it's now grown to more than 20,000 square feet. Of note, Lehman teases a special anniversary release. In the time since our interview, that has been revealed to be its new barrel strength bourbon, which goes on sale September 19th. As always, thanks for listening. We've talked a couple times over the last few months, but let's just start with 2020 here and how the pandemic has been impacting Watershed. You know, you got a couple different faces to your business, um, and I, I suspect it's impacted it in, in different ways. But but tell me about what's happened, what's happening at Watershed, and, and how you've had to adjust. 2020 has been the one of the toughest years that we've gone through, and. Uh, and I'm sure that I'm not unique in saying that out there. Um, most business owners uh, didn't see this coming. What's really unique is, or, or kind of made it harder, is January, February were two of our best months. Like we were starting off the year on fire. And so you go from this point of like this high, we had our uh, year end kind of holiday party right before the pandemic hit. And it was this great time to get together and celebrate 2019 and all the stuff that we had done over the years and the growth and the, just where we were as a brand. And COVID hits and immediately our restaurant got shut down. And so where we had what we think of as one of the top restaurants in Columbus, we have great press and you know, our patrons definitely said great things about it. We, we loved what we were doing. It gets shut down. We can't run that. We have to furlough half our team because of it. And just the the stress and the, I don't know, the mental pain of going through that of like, hey, you have something really successful, something totally outside your control comes in and takes it all away. And people that you really care about and that you're, you've watched put all this hard work in, you got to send home and they, they don't, they don't have jobs anymore. And that, that was tough. And then we kind of rode the roller coaster back up when this idea and the ability for us to make hand sanitizer came along and all of a sudden we went from all our restaurant business was gone and and you think about the distilleries we have two sides of the business we have the restaurant and we have the gin vodka bourbon sales and the gin vodka bourbon sales 60 percent of that business was two other restaurants and so when our restaurant went away and 60 percent of that business went away it was was tough and then two things happened one hand sanitizer business came up and nobody could get it, but we had alcohol that we could sell. Uh, we had to mix a few things in there and learn some stuff, but we did that. And so we started selling hand sanitizer. And then two, the retail side of the liquor industry grew significantly. Since all the restaurants were closed, people had to go. They still wanted alcohol, so they had to go to the liquor store to get it. And we saw sales go 
up. And so it, the stress of the first few weeks trying to figure out if we were going to go out of business, if we were going to be able to have to make huge cuts across both sides of the business, that that went away uh, temporarily. And we were selling hand sanitizer and we were selling a lot of, a lot of still. And so, uh, and then just as quickly as it came up, hand sanitizer disappeared again. And it was back just the alcohol sales and still no restaurant. But, uh, and then right about that same time, the ability for restaurants to reopen uh, was, was allowed again. And we, we had to make some tough decisions then to decide if we were going to reopen or not. And I think I told you, and this kind of shows you the, the changing scope or, or how fluid this situation is. When we talked May, May sometime or early June, yeah, not we're going to open in October. That's our plan. We're going to do it. And then by the time we got to the end of June and, and, you know, cases were spiking back up and what we kind of, the realization we came to was when cases go down and they let restaurants open up and they relax some rules, all of a sudden people are close together again, which is going to create a spike in cases and then they're going to shut things down. And it's just going to be this until we get some, some better treatments and some better uh, preventative measures. I think we're going to be in that situation. And so that's when we came up with the idea of we're going to wait until 2021 at the earliest. And really 2021 isn't the timeline that we're looking at. We're looking at more of a timeline of when do we have some prevention and when do we have some treatments that are better? And, and when do we have a safe environment to open a restaurant where people can sit close together instead of being on a Zoom call or, a, or a Skype and enjoy each other's company and along with some food and drink at the same time. That's where we are today. I feel like trying to support those restaurants that are open with, with some hand sanitizer and with some alcohol and, and certainly supporting the, the liquor stores and the agencies uh, as they sell some of our stuff. How, um, how much of your overall business is, is the restaurant? So we were about, it was about a third of the business, a little more than a third of the business was restaurant and then two thirds uh, distillery. And then within the distillery, you said you saw an increase in, in sales at, at state agencies. How much of an increase did you see there? I'm sure it wasn't close to offsetting the losses, but at least that, that there was one area of the business that it... Right. No, we, we've actually been really fortunate. The uptick in the agencies has... We aren't selling quite as many bottles as last year overall, but we're close. Okay. We're in the park. And, um, you know, like here we are in August... We'll be down a little bit this year, but not, we're probably within 5%. Okay. If you rewind to the middle of March, we would take that any day. I mean, we, you know, we were putting up contingencies like, all right, 60% of our business is gone. How are we going to operate our company if we're selling half of what we sold last year? And so we feel like we're in such a fortunate position to be where we are. Is, is it ideal? No, it's not ideal. If you told me we'd be here, if it was February 15th and you told me what we'd sell, what we're going to sell in August, I would have been super disappointed and been like, oh, no, what are we doing wrong? But, you know, like the world changes and, and you got to adapt. And so I think where we are, we, we're we cheering. Our sales team has done an amazing job. The marketing team's done a great job. And the pivots that we've seen our team take have been, been huge. And they've put us in a position to to not have to let people go and and I say our team's done that. I, the, the Ohio community has really helped with that too. They have a choice when they go into the liquor store. It's cool that they're going in and supporting local. 
and I can't say thanks enough to, to the people that are doing that. What's the rest of the year look like for you? I guess what are what are the the plans? What are what are you going to be working on? We're super excited about the rest of the year, and I can I have to be a little bit vague for now, but we turned ten this year, and in fact next month, in fact officially, well. 10's relative, you know, like we moved into our space September 1st, 2010. We sold our first bottles in December, so that year. So, um, but we're celebrating in, in, in September and we are releasing a pretty special product, but we're excited about it. It's a, it's my favorite product that we've put out. So I'll leave it at that. It's exciting. It's fun. It's taken a long time to make. So we got that coming and then we've got some really cool stuff in December as well. We actually have another product coming out in December that's exciting. Uh, and then we have some cool stuff that we've done with the products for December that they kind of make some fun holiday stuff. As we get closer to it, it'll be good. But, so we're, we're sitting here really excited about the last four months of the year and thinking that things are going to be good. And I think people are going to want to look for reasons to celebrate and have fun this holiday season. And... I think there'll be a lot of that and there'll be a lot of just thankful that that they get a chance to get together with people even though it'll be smaller than than most years like we won't see any huge gatherings i think there'll be a lot of small get-togethers and uh intimate gatherings that, that people want to celebrate uh with with a drink with friends and so we're excited about it even though we know the restaurant won't be open and, and it'll look a lot different around here we're going to get excited about the things we can I know this year, obviously, couldn't have been foreseen or, or forecasted by anyone, but going back 10 years, kind of taking out this year's issues, like, uh, is the company where you thought it would be? Or, you do, or is it bigger, more expansive? Is it smaller? I guess when, when you started this, how far ahead were you looking and where did you want to be? Yeah, such a loaded question. I feel like <laughs> it's the right question. When we started, uh, so my business partner at the time, Dave Rigo, and I said, there's no way we're ever going to open a restaurant. And so clearly we have a restaurant, uh, so I didn't see that coming. The business plan called for us just to be in Columbus for the first few years, and then we would expand into Cleveland and then Cincinnati and, and then maybe another state at some point. So it, it is a, uh, the, the company looks different than I would have painted or, or the picture I would have painted. We sell in seven states and, and we do have a restaurant on site and, and we have more products than I thought we would have. But the thing that we were excited about was connecting with the community and being a part of the, uh, the beverage scene, being a part of the craft spirit scene, the cocktail movement. And those things I think we're doing and I think we're doing well. I see our team and how involved they are. I, I, uh, see how excited uh, even, you know, our sales team, but even our marketing team and our, our, our chefs get excited to go travel to Detroit and understand the scene there and get to know the scene and get to know the, the restaurant. And um, the same with Cincinnati and Cleveland and, and, and uh, even around Columbus. And so, I don't know, I, I think some of the things are kind of what we envisioned and some of them are completely different. And, and I think, if you're going to be a successful business, I don't, I don't understand how you can see out 10 years. We're talking about what we're going to try to do in the next five. And next year, I feel fairly confident about three years out. I'm like, eh. and five years out, I'm like, we'll see. Yeah, we can do 
the paper, but don't, I'm not going to hold anyone to it. My roundabout answer. When you, when you and Dave started working on this, you know, I think the concept of, of craft spirits in particular was, was still fairly new to folks. It's gained, um, you know, it's, it's, as you know, firsthand, you can't just kind of flip a switch. It's not quite as easy as a brewery. I don't want to, want to like, you know, I, uh, 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 put down what what our beer making friends do, but it's a little easier to kind of set up a brewery than it is a, a distillery. But even acknowledging that, it, it's certainly a bigger thing here and elsewhere. Is that something you anticipated and, and wanted to be at the head of, or was this like this was just your interest and you were kind of going to do it, whether whether or not uh, you thought it was going to grow into something larger? Honestly, it was a little bit of right place, right time. So. We started Watershed. We weren't so set on spirits. We loved the brewing industry and what they were doing. We loved the local movement that was going on. And so I lived in Switzerland for a few years and, and the conversation kept coming back to, well, this little town I lived in in Switzerland, they everything local. You can see my, my map here in the back. That's a map of Appenzell, Switzerland, uh, where I lived and, and everything was done local. And, and one of the things they did there was spirits. And so we came back to it and we're like, no one's doing that here. I think if we did it, you know, you look behind, you look at the taps behind the bar and there's a whole bunch of local beer. You look at the spirits. And at the time it was anybody we could name was a multinational company. We couldn't even going into a bar and looking, it was all these big brands. And so we thought, I think if we did something cool and fun in that space, people might be interested. I mean, we knew it had to be good, but so then we started looking into it and the thing that was exciting, but also a little scary was it's a, it's a big market. Like there's a huge market for spirits. And so we thought, all right, we don't have to have a, a huge share of the market. It, you know, we'll, we'll get a little bit that these big guys are forgetting about. Uh, there's gotta be some of that out there. Um, but we knew there would be big competition no matter what, just because of the, the size of the market and the number of players in there. And so, you know, now that we look at it and there's a whole, there's, there's a lot more local players. I don't think that changes anything for us. It's still a giant market and we're still looking for people that are excited about what we're doing. And the interesting thing about all the smaller brands in the market, like us, we can explore cool different niches that people aren't thinking about. We can put, you know, uh, we can reuse our barrels in fun ways. We can sell our barrels to breweries and they make cool beer in it. You know, the, all these cool things are coming out as different local brands, you know, experiment. And, and hopefully as they do that, there'll be certain things that people locally try and they're like, that's it. This is my gin or, you know, this is my Nochino or this is my bourbon. And I like what they did. And, and it's a little bit of a unique flavor that I can't get anywhere else. And so there's always going to be competition in this industry, a bunch of it. And uh, I think it's cool to see that consumers are getting some fun local choices to get into the mix. What are the non, uh, non-COVID challenges to, to business both now and going forward? Is it, is it competition? Is it uh, uh, regulatory? Um, what, are, what are some of the things that, that you, you kind of have to fight with daily and, and, and maybe going forward? That uh... Our industry has so many regulations around it. Every state makes their own liquor law. And so as we're out there trying to grow our business in a market like Atlanta, for instance, Atlanta is a great market. There's a fun restaurant scene. There's a great cocktail culture down there, but it's hard because you can't taste, you can't do tastings in liquor stores 
And so for us, like for someone to walk in and pay 30 bucks for a bottle of gin uh, or 40 bucks for a bottle of bourbon, they want to try it first. And so up here, like, you know, we have a restaurant, you can come in and get a drink. We're on a lot of back bars so people can try our stuff one drink at a time where it's like, you know, if you taste it and you've, you've bought one cocktail at a bar, like that's easy. If you have to go in and spend 40 bucks on a bottle, sometimes that's a little harder if you haven't had it. Uh, maybe if you heard great things, it's easier, but you know, um, and so for us, you know, trying to navigate those laws and figure out how do we get people to taste our stuff in another market? And it, it's tricky. Those present some of the biggest barriers. And in some markets, it's no problem. We can go in and taste and it's a little easier. But from a product standpoint, you, you, you said that, you know, maybe you're doing some things that you wouldn't have envisioned uh, doing. What's, what's, what's maybe something that you make now or have made that, that you would have never thought in the early days that you'd be doing? Well, I think about our chamomile flavored Gil Gin. So the Gil Gin is one that's wild, wildly unique. And if you said, hey, you're going to make any flavored gins or flavored vodkas, I'd be like, nope, no chance, not going to do that. But the opportunity with the gin, when that came up, it was a fun process that we built with the team from Cameron Mitchell. And uh, it was a fun thing to go through and get their input on, on the flavor profile. And, and then that one ended up winning some great awards. And uh, so it, it was fun to get that to the market. Then the other one is something wildly unique, our Nochino that we make. A customer just came in and said, hey, I got this recipe it's an amazing product. I think someone should make it. And, you know, when someone comes in and says that, you don't know if it's like, is this guy trying to like make money? Is he like yeah. crazy? Is it terrible? Cause everybody has a recipe they make at home and you're like, ah, it's really good, man. Uh, but, but, you know, we tried it and talked to him and got to know him and it ended up that it was an amazing product and you know, he was just looking for someone to make it. And, and it's a really tough one to make and we don't sell a lot of it. Uh, it's a seasonal product, but the fans of it are truly fans of it. And so um, that one is wildly unique. I would have never thought that we would be making that. Our original business plan was like, we're going to make a few products and make them really well. Mm -hmm. And we think we do that, but over 10 years, you, you get enough time to do six, seven products really, really well. Whereas when you're concepting it out, you're like, yeah, we got to make three. That's, that's it. So. We've talked about this over the years, but but for maybe our readers or listeners who who don't, who maybe only know you from the last uh, a couple years, or maybe coming to the space because of the restaurant, um, how much space did you start in ten years ago? How big, how big yeah. was your original space, and how much how much space do you take now? We started with just under two thousand square feet, and it was it was tiny, uh, but everything we did was small then. Uh, I remember people coming in and for a tour and they'd walk into the back and they'd be like, oh, this is it? This is us? And it was just like the, you could hear the disappointment in their voice. Now we have, we have about 25,000 square feet. Sorry, we have different spaces. So mm -hmm. as I'm adding them up, we have about 25,000 square feet. I asked this for, for personal interest because I can't quite remember. Uh, but also I think uh, folks who know your restaurant space would be interested. What was your original space? What was it? Yeah, yeah. What it, What is it now? Oh, yeah. So yeah. the the couple different things, because we took over as we went, but yeah. the distillery was a little gym called Human Form, and they're still right down the road. And then the restaurant was a, 
it was an industrial, it, the guy had huge equipment in there. He built load cells for different tanks and stuff like that. So it was very industrial. The back room where we have some storage was part of Jenny's ice cream. We shared a wall with Jenny's original manufacturing space and that was their storage space back there. And then across the street where we rent from Columbus Fasteners, that was when we first moved in, a little known company called Rogue was in there welding some big uh, pieces of gym equipment. And that was 2010 and they have exploded since as we all know and uh, they, they do a phenomenal job. They, when we first moved in, they had one welder across the street. By the time, uh, I, it was within two years, I think, year or two, it was that space, that 13,000 square feet was packed with welders as many welders as they could fit in. Clearly now they have huge space over there. Yeah, absolutely. And then and then your space, like if I go in the restaurant now, was that, was the restaurant entrance, was that the entrance to your- Yep, that was the original restaurant? entrance. That was the original. And then uh, as you walk in the door, if you go left, that's, that's not original. We took that wall out and we added that on. The way into the distillery was straight back through that door that says welcome, but now that, that leads, that's part of the restaurant. It's kind of sure. so, yeah, that was the original. My desk was right inside that door. In fact, Dave and I shared the desk right inside that door. We're getting near the end of our time here. Is there anything you can think of that we haven't touched on in terms of what you're doing now, in terms of, of watershed's history, uh, any plans you're able to share, anything we haven't touched on? I think just in general, when you were asking about what I imagined and and what I see, when we started, there was this energy and this fun to what we were doing that was incredible. And work didn't seem like work. And uh, we could we could be here almost every moment of awake. It it you just had this endless reserve of energy to push towards it and get it done. And then we started hiring people and we started figuring things out and it definitely turned to work at times and the stress was incredible and it was really hard to manage it all. But in, I guess I share this for like startup businesses and I don't know, people went through similar stuff. I'm sure there's other people that go through similar stuff. Somewhere along the way, I kept pushing and pushing. And, and so we started this restaurant and then I bought Dave out. Dave's no longer here. And, but continued to set up people and processes in place and try to you know, be as transparent as possible as we go through this thing to get them to where they can start to run their own parts of the business. And it's been really fun to work and get back to a place where it's not as stressful and it is a ton of fun to come into work every single day. And um, I still work really, really hard um, but it's like it was at the beginning and there's this excitement and there's this energy, not so much to come in and turn on the still and figure out how the still works, but to come in and work with the team and figure out how, how we take the next step, how they grow, how they manage their business, how they're learning stuff and, and kind of learning with them and through them. And so it, I don't know, it's, it's that part of the process I didn't see coming. I, I thought if you're not excited about distilling, excited about what you do. And I even would have told you five years ago, hey, if you start a small business, it's always going to be stressful. You just gotta live with the stress. I don't think that's true. I think you can get to a point where it's really, really fun again. And I can see how people stick around their business for a long time. 
looking forward, I think we're going to continue to do some really fun events here. And I think as COVID's done, uh, we'll continue to push that. What we've noticed is our team loves it. It seems like the community loves it to come out and get together. And so we'll keep pushing on that. And, and uh, Nochino Fest this year will be fun. Uh, we're going to have a new product for Nochino Fest. I'll leave it at that. Uh, that's the one in December, along with the with the ten year anniversary product in September. But uh, for Nochino Fest, we'll have a new one. It'll be fun. Uh, we might not be able to gather and hang out in one spot, but we'll do something that's cool. That seems like a pretty good note to uh, to end on here, Greg. I appreciate you taking some time out of your day for me. And uh, if I have any other questions, I will let you know. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. Always great to catch up. <laughs>